Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Here with Benji. His setup looks pretty nice, I would say. Actually, for the Giro d'Italia Stage 12, a nailed-on breakaway stage. It would be pretty interesting, the formation, actually. I've really enjoyed, except for yesterday, absolute despicable display by many of the teams. <laughs> but I've generally in, really enjoyed the break formation part of the race. I find it really interesting, the tactics. Today was no different. Mm-hmm. We had some news, Benji. Before the race started, who was out? Kovi is out. Well, in my notes, I wrote COVID didn't start, but I think that's a typo. I think it's Kovi that didn't start. Well, COVID didn't stage. start today. Well, on paper, it didn't because no rider's out yeah. when it comes to COVID. So that's a bit of a, a win. I'd say no <laughs> rider's out before the stage started when it comes to COVID, COVID because bin. there are multiple riders in the stage itself that dropped because they looked sick. Once again, Groves and Cheryl, they dropped mm. in the break formation phase at the start. So these riders were ill and abandoned the race. I'm pretty sure those are the three riders. Maybe someone else gave up that I don't know about. So that's my list that I've got here. But before we dive into it, I'll let you decide uh, what stage we're on today. Okay, 186Ks. Apparently, they added 7Ks to it because, what? Might be, yeah, they just added extra Ks to it. They wanted it to be near <laughs> the 200Ks with neutral because the guys can't have a day off. And it started with a 1K 6% climb, short descent, 6K 5% climb, descent, and then a stepped climb to Pedagera, which, okay, the average is 2.7%, fake news climb. All the climbing is over 4% and some steeper sections than that before a descent, and then a, a long plateau pretty much of, let's say, 100Ks, 90Ks. So the break is going to form in the first 30Ks, and then there's a 9K, 10K, 6% climb in two parts. First part's 4.5Ks, 6%. Second part's 5Ks, 8.3%. That crests 28Ks from the finish. And yeah, like it's far from the finish, but half of it's descending there's also a little highway climb in there and then there's a pickup at the finish so yeah it if you have decent power you could go solo that's why i liked mcnulty that's why you liked healy we put the mocker on both of them benji um neither of them got in the break mcnulty (laughs) mcnulty and uae didn't really try well to get in the break they didn't try with McNulty, I would say. I or feel that they, they ended up getting in the break with someone else in the end, which was Formolo. But I agree, they didn't try too much and maybe Formolo just got in there because it was like, large group, let's try and follow and, and see where this goes. Something like that. But let's go through every step of the breakaway formation here because I feel like while today was stamped as a race, as a breakaway stage 100%, despite there being multiple phases to it, I feel like it was passed pretty quickly it wasn't like a 70 kilometer breakaway formation it was more to 20 25 kilometers maybe the uphill section at the start where the break formed and was simply gone in i would say two attempts that i would call notable and the instigators in both was israel we saw Derek g doing the first one once again this man being an absolute legend at the front the canadian goose is that his nickname 
Tud Buddy. Oh, oh, oh. If you look at what he did, unbelievable stuff. Him, Israel are cooking right now. <laughs> Williams, Frigo, G, Berwick. Holy shit, unstoppable. Okay. And, well, they form a group, a first group, with Von Wilder, with Healy, with Butrago, with the plus, Bauman and Dennis. And I want to talk about this for a second. So first we see this bl the plus and Butrago following. Is that an attempt from Bahrain to try and get in the break and see if they can gain minutes and upset Yambo behind? And what do you think of a response by Yambo by sending Bauman and Dennis to be in that break then? Because they didn't pull it back. It was the peloton trying to attack with more riders that ended up pulling that group back. I think Yambo have done something like that doesn't really make sense, uh -huh. but it seemed to have worked the last two days, which is <laughs> when a GC rider moves, you respond with a domestique and it, shouldn't matter but then the group stops working and so it does work instead of bringing it back pulling it back they did it with hessman yeah. sitting on gegenhart and i was like what does that do <laughs> that doesn't achieve anything but then the and the group didn't go anywhere so i don't know um i think they yumbo wanted to be represented with multiple riders in the break today uh probably not uh bowman and dennis i think was more there for bowman stage win yeah because he's okay. fast in the finish um, and it's just so, I don't think they're too fussed about Santi being there, really. They're not going to pace all yeah. day because Santi's in a move. Deplus, that's different because he's on what, three minutes? 246, I think. Yeah, that's tight. If you don't, if you let him go in the break, Ineos won't chase, Bahrain won't chase. You have to pace then for four hours to keep him not taking eight minutes yeah you can let him take four or five minutes but you still have to chase Ineos won't so Deplus is more of the problem Aronsman I didn't see jumping too much no. um in fact Aronsman this is a miracle what happened but Aronsman pretty much on his own had to manage break formation of 50 riders jumping at once over and over again and somehow the group that did go <laughs> wasn't a problem for Ineos at all, <laughs> uh, even though it had 25 guys in it. So Aronsman did a good job, actually, at the start of this stage. A lot of workload on him because Sivakov was really banged up after the crash yesterday. But we said that first group didn't last. What happened afterwards? We see Stephen Williams as the next instigator, and it kind of goes in waves again where Stephen Williams goes off the front. Once again, Israel hopping off. And then the next step is that Formolo kind of joins him, and they've got like this... This two-man attack going on with like the group behind trying to form a breakaway behind them in the same way that we had that Tour de France stage last year where Van Aert and Van Der Poel were kind of up ahead a bit until people joined them in the breakaway. It kind of felt like that and eventually a very large group formed. I actually don't remember the exact number of riders in there because it kept expanding throughout the stage. We had Von Wilder in there for a quick step. You were about to say something? He was doing too much, Van Wilder. He was on his own. And he was pulling a little bit too much. The gap was 50 seconds, group of 20 guys. He's on his own. No ballerini, Seri, tug buddy. And Seri did a good job for him at the start of the stage. But he was doing a little bit too much for my liking, I think, uh, Wayne yeah. Wilder. Two, two riders from Age Désert, Pare Pantre, Volantin this time around with Baudin. We've got Pronsky, Battistella, and Scaroni from Astana. So three riders in there. Battistella was a rider I expected in here, potentially Scaroni. So... Not unexpected. Two riders from Bora, which makes it 
intriguing because you don't necessarily know what to expect when it comes to them. Then Zen Conrad, and I'll throw it to you to explain what the situation is when it comes to Conrad here. So Conrad was the closest on GC in this group, but he's the if he's the worst guy in the group for Ineos, that's not a problem. He's on yeah. eight minutes. He's going to lose more time. You can let the gap go out to eight minutes, you know, and reel it back a couple of minutes at the end or whatever, even if he goes all the way. Denz is there. I initially thought as a tug buddy for Conrad, but they used him as an attacking threat later. <laughs> Excuse me. I am on the men, by the way, although <laughs> I was a bit cranky at the end of the stage. And Kusen Hesman in there, Benji. I was a bit surprised to see that. Yeah, exactly. Kusen Hesman being there. And when it comes to these riders, you, you're kind of thinking tomorrow's a big stage. Tomorrow's the Cran Montana stage. We've got three major mountains there. Roglic will want support by his side. So I was like, I'm probably not expecting Yumbo to do much this stage. Just relax before the next stage. But they got in there. But I also feel like they got in there on a relatively... Eco mode, as Oliver Narsen said two years ago in the Tour de France. Remember yeah. that that quote? As in, they got in there because other people kept attacking and they just rolled with it. And once they were in there, they were kind of passengers. Even though at, towards the end of the stage, I felt that they might have been facing where they don't necessarily need to. I feel like all over no, the stage where they don't need to. GC Cruz is back. GC Cruz is dead, mate. It's no, he's for not. A week. What do you mean? He's not. He just took back. six minutes on Thomas today. Well, Thomas. <laughs> Where are you now? Six minutes back, I think. <laughs> Maybe nine minutes. But still, if he... Is it dude, if 12? He, if he keeps taking six minutes every stage... <laughs> well, they're definitely going to keep allowing him to take six minutes every stage. But he tipped his hand on the commentary. You could hear on the... Oh, not on the commentary. On the broadcast and the ambient sound. You hear him talking to angles. And he said, yeah, if they're jumping, I'm not doing anything. I'm not moving. <laughs> Fuck that. So... Not the only rider we heard saying yeah. stuff on, on comms and so forth today, but I can't remember which riders we mentioned already, but I also feel like we should mention Trexiga Fredo in there for a second. We've got Molimas Quinns in there. We've got um, two other riders, if I recall. Peterson Gebregs was in there Gebier. for a bit. And Gedrag Zabir. Peterson, I'm not sure if he dropped back early or if he faced oh. and got dropped early. I don't think he got dropped that early on the flat no, no, section no, before the climb. He stayed. He pulled a lot to open the yeah. gap out because the gap was only two fifty, and also with Ineos pacing with Swift behind, uh, they needed to keep moving. And when the break is so big, there's so many passengers. And then also there was a counter move from uh, Yolo for, for with Fortunato and <laughs> Gaburo Cavilli for Bardiani and Aldani for uh, Alpson. They eventually Italians. got across. Italian TTT. That's. Is that what their team pursuit team is? I think it might be better than Gano, Milan, and Consoni. <laughs> Those four guys, they bridged they, an unbridgeable gap. They made it. They fucking made it. When they, yeah. when they went, that was like, this is never happening. But then the front group was also not pushing that hard because well, it's Pettison so big. started to push then. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And Milan but, was trying to bridge because there was Ciclamino points. So Pedersen wanted the Ciclamino points. And then Milan didn't complete the bridge, but the other four did. Milan so. blew up so badly, faked a nosebleed. To hang on to the, direct, yeah, the but doctor's car. Why the hell did Pasqualon drop back for Milan and <laughs> yeah. then they both didn't make it back to the front? Pasqualon was in the breakaway. Yeah, but isn't Pasqualon being in this break like when Movistar <laughs> sent Nelson Oliveira in every high mountain break? It's like, okay, cool. No, no, no. <laughs> Hashtag free Pasqualon. I want to see Pasqualon in the mountain stage He's breakaway. Good. He needs freedom. He's going to show you something, my man. If he was in the Campo Imperatore break, he might, he might have won the stage. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, there's opportunities here. Anyway, 
I feel like we've forgot to mention a few riders that just do do the most important. Yeah, that's what I was just about to do, just in case. Formula is in there for UAE, but also when it comes to Israel, we've got Frigo in there, Stephen Williams, and your best friend. Yeah, my boy, Sir Berwick from Australia. He's in the break. And I told him last night, and listen, I can't call it because I text him before every stage. And, and I'm just like, you're going to fucking win tomorrow. Get in the break tomorrow, you're going to win. So it's like, I text him pretty much every, every evening. Um, I, I was like, yeah, it's your day tomorrow. But he has been cooking. He, if you see him in the trying to bridge the brakes before, he has good shape. Called up at, to the Giro at late notice, but looking good here. But Williams is kind of a better option for this finish because Williams can sprint. He, he won a Swiss stage. He climbs well. So how would that play out? Frigo is more of a ruler type rider. Mm -hmm. And Frigo in Flemish is fridge. Just really? wanted to tell you that. Uh, he, yeah, he looks good on the bike. Anyway, this break turns into a complete disaster. It's too big. There's too many teams with multiple riders. Hessman and Kuss aren't working at all. Uh, Betiol's isolated. I don't know how EF only got one into this break. Um, Astana aren't working too much. Asia Tuara hiding with, uh, at times, Lastra's hanging on. Trekker pulling a lot. Eventually, the, like, the gap isn't going out to, a, to Puccio, who's doing mm -hmm. 100 watts. It's like <laughs> both are just, Puccio's like, can you pedal a bit faster? I'm trying to let the gap out. And it's like at three minutes, four minutes, it's not going anywhere because there's this huge valley. And then Pedersen drops back after the Chiclamino sprint or uh, Rise or something. He's like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. And no, after, I didn't really. How did the split in the break happen, Benji? Because I can talk about it. Should other teams have seen this coming? Uh, maybe. I feel like when it comes to such a large break, you should expect people to try and attack early. But the problem is, there's like a Valerie very large early in this stage. The, the flat portion before the climb is so large that it could happen anywhere. And I wasn't necessarily thinking this is going to happen at 92 kilometers to go or roughly around that area. And it feels like it's a bit of a, a tactical play by Trek, having rewatched it a tiny bit. We see four riders, five riders actually, getting a gap that is Duns, Battistella, Berwick, Tonelli and Squins. And the way I saw it was that two riders from Trek, I think it was Molema with someone else, that kind of left the gap around the roundabout. And that's how that group got a bit of a gap, unless I'm making this all up. That's also possible, but that's how I saw it. And then you immediately have the response of, well, who's going to close the gap? The, the group is so big that everybody looks at each other even to close the 10-meter gap that exists. So you see this gap just expanding and completely exploding towards two minutes in the span of Let's say 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers, we see a gap of two minutes. So we've got Denz Battistella, your boy Berwick, Tonelli, and Squins. And I'm thinking about the situation. I'm like, is Trek happier with the situation than they were in the large group? Probably. It's not amazing either. It's still one to five riders, but I would say Squins is one good. of the one of the better riders in this group. So they're happy. Tonelli is happy that he's still alive. So they're happy. Berwick, like you can say about Williams' chances and so forth all you want, but... But he got dropped, I think, in the end. Williams? Yeah. I don't remember. He wasn't in group two with Frigo. So Berwick, supposedly <clears throat> the good choice here as well, in my opinion. But yeah. he's still our right choice when he comes to Astana. 
initially. <laughs> we'll get to that. And then Denz was in there. And that's a bit of a discussion because on one end, they're throwing away the opportunity of having Conrad come closer in GC by having Denz space the entire stage and potentially hunt for Amalia Rosa that way. But on the other end, this is the best option for Denz going early, anticipating before the climb. And knowing that he's won a mountain stage on Mosalp last year against Sean Poussin, Herrera, Quinn Simmons and so forth, this man can hold on to a, a rider on a climb. He can't drop people on climbs, but he can hold on to riders on climbs. So that's the five-man group, but it suddenly became a four-man group like 200 meters further because Battistella just dropped, then pushed on the flat, and Battistella just plummeted into the distance. So anyway, the gap was two minutes, like I said. And then group two syndrome, Formula Want to talk about it? I mean, it was really bad in the group behind because in the group behind, right, again, it looks like there's a lot of guys, so how can they not catch the four? But eight of the guys in the group of 20 or whatever it was, eight of them have a teammate up the road because there's multiple Trek, multiple Bardiani, multiple Israel, multiple Bora. Kusin Hesman aren't pulling. Other guys are tired. Yeah. And so you basically have the isolated riders of Van Wilde, Bediol, Formula, whatever. They have to somehow start collaborating really well with all these other riders not pulling. And so it just turns into a complete disaster. And they get, yeah, they lose minutes very, very quickly with the other four rolling turns in front. But then the peloton, we get a view from the peloton, a bit of a crash happens there. Uh, I think it was a Bahrain rider that hit his head hard on the floor. I have no clue who it is still. I do know that Leknesund was the one that crashed behind them, if I recall correctly. So it was Jack Haig that hit his head on the floor, according to our producer, Luke, that is so imminent to respond to me. Benji, you don't know the rider, it's Haig. But uh, anyway, those are the two riders that crashed, but I don't know what their what their, uh, he got back what their up lives are looking at. Oh, okay. okay. Again, he Good. finished in GC group, so I hope he's okay. I told oh, so his well. wife he was okay via text, so I'm hoping he's all right. But I, I, <laughs> no, I didn't say he's okay. I said he got <laughs> he got back on the bike and okay finished the stage. But I hope Jack's okay. A lot of guys crashing. Don't want to see any more GC guys out, but not ideal with the big mountain stage tomorrow. But before we get to the climb, group two keeps keeps attacking. Just instead of like pacing, they keep attacking yeah. each other. And then a group with Betiol tries to get away with Von Welder. They failed. And Betiol tries again, gets away with Scaroni and Baudin, which becomes like the group two behind. Yeah. And then group three, which is the leftovers of the breakaway. They keep on attacking. And then there's another group that creates. I can't fucking remember every name that got into a third group at this point in the race. But TLDR, summary, we get to the climb. We get to the whatever it's called. You'll, you'll say the name of the climb in a second. Colebraida. Colebraida. We get to the Colibraida, the no risk, no glory uh, climb for potential Roglic here, but I'm afraid that did not happen. And then we see uh, the breakaway fight each other. What happens? Well, the first 4.6Ks is too early to go, 6%. And so there's a nine, two 9% nine kilometers then in the, and then the last uh, 1600 meters are pretty steep of the climb too. And Schoens puts a lot of effort in. So Berwick starts pulling really hard and Denz is already starting to look a bit ragged. Yep. Berwick pulls off, Schoens attacks him. And no, attacks, 
Seb goes to Tornelli's wheel. Tornelli drops Den's wheel. There's now a gap of 10 meters, 15 meters. And I was like, I think Seb was bluffing a little bit at this point. But then Schoens is pulling really, really, really hard to keep Berwick behind with yeah. Den's in the wheel. Even though if it comes to a sprint, he'll toast Berwick. He can't beat Den's. And so he's doing that. Seb comes back. He was bluffing. Attacks over the top. They weren't showing G1 too much because Berriol was and Formolo were floundering like fish behind. So they wanted to show that a lot of it. <laughs> but Berwick attacks over the top. Dens, Carapaz, Hollywood performance. Holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on. Um, he was then, dying on the climb. I, on the climb itself, not nah, an Oscar-worthy performance. He was dying 100%. Nah, there's no way you hang like that. Because he was holding it. the wheel the whole time. He never lost the wheel. Oh, and there were but he wasn't riding a steady points. pace. Um, we have to agree or to disagree on this occasion, I'm afraid. I'm sure he's going hard, but... Because <laughs> what they would do is Seb would accelerate, Schoens would kind of roll through, stop a little bit, Dens recovers. Yep. And really, Schoens should have been focused on, I don't care about Berwick. Even if he gets 10 seconds, I'll catch him on the descent or the flat. Yep. We need to drop Nico Dens. And so I feel like Berwick and uh, Schoens neutralize each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Berwick just sapped Schoens' legs without attacking properly. I mean, 2020 hindsight, they could have backed Dens off each other a little bit and not yep. just let him hold the wheel. They could have backed him off. Um, but also they probably wanted to keep a consistent pace. The, the reality <laughs> is they couldn't drop Dens. He, hang, he hung with them really, really well. And um, they put a lot of time into Bediol and Formolo behind. So they, they must have been going pretty hard. Exactly. And the thing about Formolo as well is, if I'm Almeida and I see that Formolo is giving everything he has, 3 minutes and 11 seconds behind the front group, I'd piss in his fucking luggage tonight. To come 12th. Exactly. I, I piss in his fucking luggage. <laughs> Why? Isn't that what a quick step sprinter did to another quick step sprinter back in the day? Oh, uh, the, uh, there was the Gaviria camp and the... Vianney? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes no sense, obviously. <laughs> well, Formula is doing you. But also Hessman, I assume, paced the climb pretty hard, so... He did, you know, he did, but then again, according to you, GC cuts his on. So yeah, if GC cuts his on, then it matters. That, At then least he can there's do a that. reason. <laughs> a good reason, eh, GC cuts? <laughs> Even if you think it's a bad one, I think it's a great one. Um, <laughs> dude, Coos is flying. He gets... <laughs> on Montana tomorrow. He's going to be on the podium by the end of this race with everybody dropping off. Nah, there'll be, it'll be a Uni Puerto tomorrow, unfortunately, <laughs> but we'll get to that later. Um, they can't drop Dens. Descent. Schoens undercuts Dens on the descent in the corner, nearly takes both of them out, and Berwick was going to ride away uh, Stephen Bradbury-style. Australians will get that reference to win the stage because it's a flat, all flat from there on in. Didn't crash each other out. They get to a little highway ramp. Dens attacks really, really hard on this, like a false slide uphill. Fakes Schoens and Berwick completely by surprise. They'd been rolling turns up to that point, equal yep. turns. Pardon? Edward turns. Edward turns and Schoens. Schoens gets back just to Den's wheel, but he was like nearly fully cracked and Den's went away solo. Starts relaying 
And like, what are you doing? You're keeping, you're relaying with the guy who just put you on a 20 meter gap to keep, no offense, Seb, but to keep 59 kilos Seb, 800 watt peak behind. What the fuck are you doing? He's trying to make you his enemy. Well, we'll get to that. I, <laughs> there, I have some updates. <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually he doesn't keep relaying. Seb comes back. They start rolling turns, Dens and Schoens. Dens keeps looking at Seb to pull. Seb says to him, I'm not doing shit. <laughs> and it was caught on the cameras, which was very funny. And uh, there's a little pickup at the finish, but really he has zero chance to win from this point. If Frigo was, had a bit of pressure from behind and they had numbers, maybe, but he's at, dangling at like three minutes, 15 seconds ahead of the chase group. They go to the finish. Nothing really happens before then. Schoen's sitting on the wheel. Den's leading out. Sets his own pace. Flat finish. Absolutely tortures uh, Schoen's and Berwick to win his first Grand Tour stage and the back-to-back German uh, stage win. So I would like to say, Nico Denz, you've made a very powerful enemy. You are officially (laughs) an enemy from here on out. Tom Schoen's, you are also an enemy. Because you relayed with Seb behind in the run-in. Two enemies in one stage. Tobias? Yeah, I like Schoens, but I'm sorry, my hands are tied. Is Tobias Johansson still an enemy? No, 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 he's not an enemy anymore. Okay, since when? Jay's, when did that happen? When Jay torched him in every race since then. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to say, when it comes to Dens, he's had multiple opportunities when it comes to Giro State wins. Before, I recall him being in the breakaway with... The name, at some point during this Giro, I told the story about Damiano Chima. He won a stage in, was it 2019 in the Giro thing? The year that Ackermann won Ciclamino. I think stage 19, stage 18, roughly where he was in the breakaway with Nico Denz. And Chima started a sprint in the breakaway. And then the peloton ended up passing Denz and one of the other breakaway riders. And Chima still won with a meter on Pascal Ackermann. So Denz started there when it comes to his Giro fights for, for this stuff. We've seen him in the European Championships where we had that group with... Um, I think the one that Trenton won against Vanderpool and Wout van Aert, he was in that group. Nico Denz was in that group with those riders on that terrain in Glasgow, if I recall correctly. So maybe in Worlds, he might be in the group again. <laughs> you never know. But um, And then I, I recall him being second in a, a break stage against... Mohoric. Mohoric, maybe 2019 as well. 2018, I don't actually remember yeah. which year it was. So he's had his opportunities, but he finally takes it. And I... I'm kind of surprised he hasn't won more because he's always been a domestique now at Bora, right? He's really good. Yeah, he, he's a pretty good sprinter. Last year, he climbed very well in that Tour de Swiss stage on Moselle. So he's definitely got a very versatile rider type. Is and- he physiologically any worse than Magnus Court? I can't tell you that. I don't know. Does Magnus Court climb better than he does today on that climb? I don't think so. No. But his okay, maybe court sprints worse, probably better. But yeah. Denz has come top 10 in bunch sprints. Yeah. But I agree with that physiological makeup. Because like Schoens, I think, is Schoens has a good sprint after a long day. Um, he, and he had no chance in the draft. So, yeah, yeah is it I agree. Because of opportunities? Or is maybe. it because he's not as good as at getting in the breakaway. Well, he's done it so much in the breakaway, so you would expect them to be able to be pretty, pretty decent of getting in the breakaway. But maybe he's always put in the breakaway with someone in his team that is supposedly a better rider, and therefore 
he starts writing for others instead of anticipating like he did today. But anyway, I agree that he should be getting more opportunities, getting two World Tour stadiums of pretty high caliber in two years yeah. in a row, and he can do Good more runner. like this in the future, that's for certain. But uh, yeah, Berwick lost there. Eh? What can I say? We've got a grieving man on the other end here. No, I, I, I'm disappointed, obviously, but I'm happy that like this is Seb's best result so far on his near pro contract. Um, because yeah, he's not winning the sprint against those two, but he's shown that a it's been a hard fucking two weeks, and yeah. he came in with short notice, and he's been the strongest in the break, probably the fastest on that climb today, or could have done the climb quickest today from the break. So he and he got in the break easily, multiple attempts. So that's really he's out of contract, but he's developing well. I think very, you know, if you want a project, if you're another world tour team as a versatile rider, as a sort of... You're selling him already. <laughs> well, someone's going to give Sam Oman a contract, right? Yeah. And, I'm, and I don't think Sam Oman is going to be better than Seb for the next three years. I think Seb has way more potential. Let's be Ballin. honest. Is Israel the best development place for GC-style riders? No. No. So, if I was is, another team, I'd look at him, yeah. Is Israel the best development place for any type of rider, though? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so, yeah, I think maybe Bora Hansgra. Um, impressed with what he showed today. But yeah, I'm happy. It's not the end of the, the race either. Maybe the harder climbs to come will suit him. So, yeah, bittersweet, but I'm happy he's, you know, grand to a stage podium. Hopefully he can kick on from here. Anyway. Behind, Hessman comes back with a group of Van Wilder and Koos. They catch the Betiol group. Everyone then starts relaying full gas, including Formolo. <laughs> it makes no sense. I know there's UCI points, so like for Bardiani and wah, wah. Astana, it makes sense. Free goal erasure, all right? No, no, he, but he, he, he gets caught by that group and then re-attacked from them. Yeah. So, UCI um, points. He did well in that because sometimes when, for example, on the climb when Frigo attacked and you're like, oh, Frigo is now chasing his own teammate Berwick in the front. Well, not really because he makes the initial gap instantly, which makes it so that the group of Formula doesn't get any draft here. Yeah. And as a consequence, that 60 to 80 UCI points, I think 60 when it comes to P5. So that's very valuable. And like you said, he tried it again at the end to get those points and he got them in the end. So... Frigo gets 60 UCI points by getting well 50. Played. Exactly. GGWP. And it's like, it didn't matter here, but I also like if, say, Stevie Williams was in that group, the gap to Seb's group was a minute. I also like the pressure in certain race situations from behind um, to force the others to pull. It obviously didn't apply here. Anyway, they finish at 220, the group with Van Wilder and Bettiol sprinting for sixth. Koos finished at the end of that group. Hansman had been pulling full gas. Then we see Conrad got dropped at some point because he was 130 behind the Van Wilder group. So either he pulled the pin or he told Denz, hey, I don't feel good, go for gold. And yeah, then but... further back, Sivakov's group, nothing happened on the climb. We thought, are Hansman and Koos satellite riders? Well, maybe, no, I didn't think that. But um, no, no. No, no risk, no glory today on that descent, which was pretty sketchy. GC Group took it easy. Sivakov 
hats off to Sivakov actually after that crash yesterday for marshalling yeah. the last hour. Really impressive. They finish on 8.19, giving GC Coos six minutes. He's now on a... Oh, he's, well, way, he's way further than I thought. He's on 9.43. Yeah, he Fuck. <laughs> he is way further than he thought, but maybe the, the consolation prize is the fact that Jumbo Visma now holds uh, the Movistar classification. They took over Ineos in the team classification, so Are they they've got that for going for them. I didn't know that. They didn't <laughs> tell me that. <laughs> Who the fuck gives a fuck about teams? <laughs> I don't. Um, I get to stand on the podium at the end. I don't. There's no way they're pulling coups for teams. There's no I, way. I have full confidence I they were riding for it. teams. Oh, uh, anyway, Conrad moves up three spots. He he's actually closer now on four fifteen. But if he'd not dropped, he would have been in the top ten in around two thirty region. So he actually lost a lot of spots and would have been a lot closer. Now, if he got dropped there today, then tomorrow's not going to be good for him. Yep. Is there anything else from this stage, Benji? Any GC movement? Or... Uh, when it comes to GC movement, I would say that nothing happens. And when it comes to Ciclamino, I would say that nothing really happened either. So yeah, Peterson got closer to Milan because of being in the breakaway. But outside of that, I don't really care about the movements there on this stage. KOM buys is still in the lead by double the points of Pinot. Imagine if Davide Baez wins KOM here. I hope he does. <laughs> That'd be a shocking development, I would say. But Go for it. Anyway, I think we should ditch the stage and get to the most important one of the week, which is uh, the Borgo Franco di Vrea stage to Cranz Montana. Cranz Montana is actually the pronunciation, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Why are they putting S in it? <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's in Switzerland, right? Do you say va Yeah, but then I'm about to pronounce Valet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, 200Ks, brute of a stage, even with them going through the tunnel and 8Ks being removed from the uh, Gran San Bernardo. They do about 60 kilometers, so an hour and a half of false flat uphill with a little 5k, 4% climb about halfway through with 30k's in. It's an intermediate sprint after that. And then they begin a very, very long climb from Aosta. I have been hiking in this region, uh, although there's not many places in Europe at this point I haven't been. It's very, very attractive. Histel? Toward... <laughs> yeah. You got any bird life in Histel? <laughs> yeah, there's like a pigeon every now and then. <laughs> nah, surely in the marshlands you got some interesting birds. Hissel is not the marshlands. Hissel is the capital of Belgium, How far my is the Muren? The Muren is about 70 kilometers, roughly. Oh, I'll bring is... you there next year. Okay. 1v1 in the there. Muren. I'll go wallow in the, in the Muren. Grand Who San can spot Bernardo. the most birds? <laughs> Derek G will bring him. Derek G, also <laughs> non-enemy of the podcast. Bird watcher. He can come watch vultures with me in Andorra anytime. 26Ks, 5%. It was like 33Ks. They, the snow or risk of avalanche made it impassable, and it also was the Chima copy. It no longer is. I don't know what the Chima copy is anymore. Trichime. Is that or yeah. Passagio? The, the, no, I think Trichime de Levaredo is higher. Okay. Somewhere in the third week. And then they descend into uh, the base of the climb of Tiverbia, and then they do the Crudecur, I think the hardest climb in this race. 15.5Ks, 8.6%, Category 1. Very, very difficult. It's the last four kilometers of this 
to over 2,000 meters, averages over 10%. Very, very difficult before a descent, which apparently they were supposed to be repaving some of the potholes today if the weather allowed it, because this is over 2,150 meters. The descent was a question mark over whether it would happen. Then into Ried, they're in Switzerland, by the way, at this point, 22 Ks plus of flat valley. Then Crime Montana, 13 k 7.3%. It's a beast of a stage, Benji. Fingers crossed it all happens. Yes, for certain. When we initially saw this parkour, when the Giro revealed its parkour, this was the perfect stage for me when it comes to a brutal queen stage in a Grand Tour, not just because of the climbing altitude meters, but because of the setup and the stage. It missed one thing, which is like a small hill or something at the start to make a breakaway harder to create. As in, if there are hills at the start or a, or a mountain at the start, it means that it's much harder to control the stage, which means that putting satellite riders in the breakaway makes it much easier. This stage doesn't have that, which is one of the deficits it has to me. I think they want a GC winner. They do, but having a satellite rider in the break is pretty cool for GC yeah. winners as well. So I was, I was pointing at that maybe, but it's 60 kilometers towards the first climb. I, I don't think... I think the break is forming before that. Maybe on the hill 30 kilometers in, but probably before that already. Yeah. I think if you look at the Gran San Bernardo, it is diminished. It was dropped from 2,400 altitude meters to 1,878, if I recall correctly, where they're now going through the tunnel because of snowfall, which does quite a bit. It's not just that it takes off 600 altitude meters. It was some of the harder kilometers as well. Yeah. But next to that... It's also harder because of the high altitude. If you go above high altitude, you lose X amount of percent of your watts every single 200 meters you go up roughly. So it's, it's noticeable for riders. So the attrition is a tiny bit less before we get to the absolute killer of a climb, Quadacur. I find this climb perfect as the second last climb in the stage because this is the perfect climb to attack towards a satellite rider and then have him in the valley afterwards because there's a 25 to 30 kilometer valley like you mentioned. And... That's the perfection of the stage, but I kind of feel like GC is not set up for anything to happen before the final climb. I don't think it will. Fuck. Let's run through if, the teams. I'll cry. UAE, can you imagine Almeida doing that strategy with a satellite rider? He's going to do the cry. Can you, let's run through the teams that would use a satellite rider. Would UAE do that with Almeida? He, he would have to drop people on Kratikur and then do the most dangerous descent of the Giro full gas. He's not yeah. doing it. Ineos, same story. Who Sivakov's banged up so he can't get in the break, or maybe he can. Without Gagenhart, I don't see it. Bora, they just have Leonard now. I don't see it. Bahrain, Hay just crashed. They could do it. Bahrain is the team where which team sees the most dangerous descent on the parkour as a positive thing to send Caruso flying down it to awaiting whoever in the valley below. Bahrain is an option. Yumbo, do they need to risk an all-out move like that when on paper, if Kuz just sets a steady tempo on Cran Montana and Roglic does a 700-meter burst, He's probably in pretty good shape to either win the stage or take pink by a decent amount of time. So I thought it would happen with Ineos at full strength. The crash of Gagenhardt has changed that and Sivakov. Yeah. 
And so I'd love to see it. Um, maybe it is Yumbo, but I, I don't see it. I don't know, like, we've seen in, like, a, a Paris-Nice final stage, for example, that Roglic is the kind of guy that likes to uh, hang it out from very early. But there's no situation where it's absolutely necessary when he can get to the final climb, have Kuz by his side, and have the first proper assessment of GC riders on the tough climb of this entire Giro. Why not have it on the final climb if... Why would you risk it early if you don't even know Thomas can hang with you on the final climb? If Thomas was clearly a equal rider or a better climber on the final climb, you try and go early. But in this situation, I expect Roglic to drop Thomas on Kranz Montana. And when it comes to Almeida, I expect him to drop initially at the start of the climb and then come back and destroy everybody by 17 minutes at the end. Maybe. I mean... Yeah, it's just... If the less risky option is Koos just doing a hard yeah. lead out and then Roglic doing his 500, 700 meter burst, which, by the way, low port, Roglic took 12 seconds on Almeida in 250 meters. On uh, other climbs, Almeida, where he's been against Almeida, he's taken 12 to 15 seconds in 500 meters or less. So. He doesn't really, you don't even need to drop Almeida early because he'll just come back. Whereas I think Almeida's ability, ability to accelerate yeah. whilst at threshold is not good. Mm -hmm. His ability to ride at threshold and keep coming back is fantastic. Uh, so, and that's the advantage Roglic has it that I see against him. Yeah. Uh, and also break formation. If you're Ineos Benji, do you let Hessman in the break? Because Hessman's the man Yumbo could use in that valley. Well, let's take a look at who Ineos has to control for a second still. They've got Pucho and Ben Swift to try and control breakaways at the start. It's a flat bot. I think they can control Hesman so. at the start. So yeah. that makes it harder for Yumbo. Garfi is at in top five of GC after this stage. I won't hear anything else. Where's he right now? He's at 322 and 12th. Yeah, Carthy's just biding his time. I worry for him on the descent of Kradikur. He's just got to make it down in the group because yeah. he, he's not too confident or comfortable in that he lost time on the Fossombrone stage on the descent. But um, yeah, I think Carthy's looking good. He just hasn't had a very hard climb yet. Maybe he goes on Kradikur. I don't know. He's good on the steep with, stuff. With the descent being so dangerous, do you expect this climb to even happen? Well, that's the whispers, I think. People are even saying, is Seb in the live chat of LRCP on YouTube? We have pros in the live chat, apparently. I never read the YouTube live chat. I just do the pod like normal. Mate, you're missing Seb, fun. I, I don't like having fun. You know me. Um, <laughs> apparently, Seb is saying there's rumors, wisp, whispers that Kratikur might be circumvented, which when you hear these Peloton rumors in other races, you think, nah, ASO will get it done or whatever. But these sort of things begin the day before. And they gradually intensify yeah, cause until like, the next morning, Mara Venue is talking to Adam Hansen and all yeah. of a sudden it's not happening. And you, you read it on Twitter. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. Because then the CPA starts to handle it, which if it's rightfully dangerous, it's it is is a dangerous, thing yeah. to do. But it's like, it starts off simple. It's like a little bit of a whisper and then yeah. starts shouting the morning after. So let's, let's hope it happens. If it's dangerous, well, understandable. If it doesn't happen, but it would suck for the race. It is like an incredibly hard climb. That is really, really hard climb. 
what is it, 45 minutes? That's harder than Mortarolo. Depends on who rides it. I, I take like four hours. Ah, you could do it. In four hours, yes. Yeah, with the right gearing. Anything's possible. Um, so what do you think, Benji? Tomorrow? Are we going to be disappointed? Let, let's do yeah. our predictions on the basis of the stage nah. we're looking at right now happens, which let's try to be optimistic. I really don't see a strong... Like, Pino can't get in the break on the flat. I mean, unless yeah. Bruno Armirel tug buddies him, but they said he can't ride on the flat, Bruno Armirel. So how is Pino going to get in the break? I see a weak break going, but then at the same time, Puccio and buddy. Swift. I think Puccio and Swift are going to pace the whole of Gran San Bernardo. How does Pino get in a break? With a tug buddy, my friend. Come on. With Bruno Armirai next to him. That's how he gets in the breakaway. But I think it's going to be GC at the end of no, the stage. No, but they said Bruno Armirel can't ride the flat. Well, that's Mario. Everybody disagrees with Mario. Fuck <laughs> Mario. Uh, anyway. People said. Touche. <laughs> Roglic and Almeida will ride to the finish line together. And... Really? I think Almeida can... Well, he will drop at some point on the climb, but I think he will return. And I think he will compete. And I think Thomas will be the the victim of the stage. I think Thomas will lose time tomorrow. I'm keen to see Vine shape, whether he's in bad shape after the crash, whether he's been losing time intentionally or not in worried about tomorrow? it. I mean, yeah, if you want a guy as a satellite, he'd be pretty handy, him or McNulty. Or to win the stage. Because Almeida is not attacking early to Vine's wheel anyway. Almeida's not beating Roglic in the finish. Like, he's beating him before the finish. Well, that's, yeah, to win the stage, he would have to drop him before. <laughs> Am I doubling down too hard on Almeida? <laughs> um, I think so. I thought the way they came to the front before the climb today, I was like, what are you doing? You said like, that he had coal in the legs. Well, what do you mean? Well, you got diamonds in the legs or you got coal yeah. in the legs? I think you have okay. coal in the legs. But because... one little spark and the coal turns into an absolute <laughs> fire. And then the legs are on fire. Maybe. I was like, well, let Ineos and Sivakov just pace this climb. Nothing's happening. Relax. It, like, all the DSs sometimes. Goes, yeah. Okay, I understand. It's stressful, but just relax. Nothing's happening. Yeah, but You're eight minutes back. Isn't that the thing that DSs say to Almeida a bit too much? Oh, relax. Nothing's happening. It's the first time of the day. I don't think they've ever told Boom. him to relax. Flap, <laughs> flap attacks with Carapaz in Catalonia last year. <laughs> Drops Almeida on the first climb. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I think Roglic wins the stage tomorrow. Takes pink. Okay. Boring yeah. pick. He'll be the favorite for the stage. Um, I if I would not pick him no. if, as Benji said, there was a hilly start. But I mm -hmm. think the flat hour and a half means that if Yumbo just put a Feeney to keep it in check or Ineos do it, probably. It, you also, to win from the break, you need to be special because <laughs> it's really, really hard. Um, yeah. And you think you think Carthy's going to have a good day? I think, yeah, I think so. I think Carthy's going to end up in top five of GC after the stage because the gaps will be will be notable. That being said, I do think um, I disagree on the stage winner. I think Jay Vine's going to win the stage from the breakaway. Oh yeah, because I feel like I we need I'll to support him. our man. Because um, well, Berwick failed with your support, so maybe Vine will succeed with my support. Do you reckon that UAE will said, let him in the break? UAE will let him in the break. Do you reckon? Of course, UAE will let him in the break. What do you and mean? He has to help Almeida. How the hell is he going to help Almeida? We'll see. Um, 
Almeida doesn't need help. He can do it all alone. I agree. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> what about the guys in fifth to eighth right now, Benji? This is kind of interesting to me. Caruso, Camden, okay. Dunbar, Aronsman. I think Caruso will be the best of those four. Yeah, I think Caruso stays up there. Lechnison will drop out of the top yeah. five. Top seven, maybe even. Top eight, maybe even. Top 20. Um, top 20 is a bit far. Maybe out of the top 10 is reasonable. But <laughs> top 20 is a bit far. Putrago will be jumping up into the top 10. Um, I think the likes of... Uh, where the fuck is Pino in GC, my friend? He'll, Pino will be in the top 10. Mate, where is Pino in GC? Oh, he's 15th he's on 448. Okay, that, that's viable. I believe in that. Uh, other riders... Van Wilder. Way, did you ever notice that Jonathan Lastra, 18th in GC, is riding at Cofferdis now? I, I don't know who that is. Rider rode for Kaja, went in breakaways a few times last year. This guy's 18th, not too bad. So because we'll be in the top 15 tomorrow, GC Kuz might, might be back on. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Rubio think... top 15 tomorrow? <laughs> Man, Rubio was get, got dropped on the climb by <laughs> Frigo today. <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, it is the... <laughs> Fortunato, I mean, there's going to be all this misery behind. But yeah, I think Van Wilder is going to ride for GC and Pino. Um, uh -huh. uh, and I think Pino will hang on to the GC group. Carthy will jump up. I think Deplus Aronsman will uh, lose a lot of time tomorrow. Nah. Uh, the problem is, what will Ineos do if, for example, Deplus, Aronsman and Thomas are in the final group and Thomas starts getting trouble a bit early? Pace for him. <laughs> what do you nah. mean? Lone is the plus GC leader. This is where Belgium comes out here. Bro. <laughs> First of all, both of them getting dropped on Kratikur. Ain't no chance they make it over. Really? Where did, what happened to Aaronsman on the speed bump on stage eight? I don't, I don't want stage to eight again. dunk on the guy too much, but... In stage four, he had a mechanical, right? No, no, I mean... No, the Fossombroni Roglic attack stage where he dropped Remco. Or was that the one where he had a, I think he had a chain problem. Yeah, like Fabio. So, <laughs> um, it's always so convenient. Um, nah, he probably did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I'm not after Tour of the Alps. I hope he does well. And I think a top 10 on GC is a meritorious result for him. But um, I think to your question, if it comes, they have to give full support to Thomas. He is their best chance of getting a podium result on GC or better. They must give full support to Thomas. Yeah. Uh, that's out of the question, in my opinion. What if Roglic starts dropping early? Is GC Kaz back on? <laughs> no, because <laughs> GC Glogue, where is he? Mate, he's Logue's working his way into this race. Look, he's only 90 minutes back now, Mate, but he jumped 11 <laughs> positions today, which means that if he does that for nine more stages, he's gonna be first in GC. I got a hot take. Oh no, Hessman will top 10 this stage tomorrow. I've got a hot take. Hessman is unreal. I've got a cold take. You're batshit crazy. Hessman this will is where top we should end tomorrow. the podcast. Everyone knows um, he's the long climbs. I think he's I think he's on. Is this where we see Ben Healy rise to the top of actual mountains? That's a good question. No, but that's an interesting point. Like, shouldn't EF be really rallying around Carthy tomorrow? Because all jokes aside, like the descent is a problem for him. And then there's the valley. If he gets dropped on that descent, 
and there's a GC group ahead, and he's chasing on the flat before Cran Montana. That's a huge energy expenditure. Like, I really think they need to be around him as long as possible because, yeah, at the end of a hard stage, cold week, I do want to see what Carthy can do on the final mountaintop finish. So I hope they stay around him. Um, because, but yeah, he's just got to battle that descent. Maybe it's a big group. Um, give a prediction, Benji, in terms of flop or fireworks. I would say average. Okay. I think it's going to be a GC stage where we see GC differences, notable GC gaps. differences. One of the riders will surprisingly drop, I would say, with solid gaps. But we won't have action from far out on the stage from Quadricur, which I would have hoped for because Quadricur is an absolute monster of a, a climb. And the stage was perfect for early action and the GC doesn't really shout it. Yeah, we'll see though. Keep our fingers crossed. We've been waiting for a mountain stage for two weeks now. We finally <laughs> have a mountain stage. Hopefully it delivers. I'm very excited to see what happens. Maybe Almeida does do the business. Maybe Shukathi rises the top. Maybe Caruso goes full beans down the descent and <laughs> gets a huge gap to Milan Wedding in the Valley if he somehow <laughs> makes it up the road. <laughs> I don't know if OTL risk tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Big trouble if they do push it. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see the recap of stage 13 tomorrow. Until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.